Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing on our series called Thrive. Everybody say Thrive. Let's pick up here in Psalm 92. Psalm 92 verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish or thrive like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, and we talked about this last week, it's not enough to just believe, you need to also belong. It's not enough to just attend, you need to get planted. And those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish or thrive in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. And here's our thought that we, that we really got to get across to all of us. God does not want you to just survive. He wants us to what? He wants us to thrive. And we have that imagery throughout scripture of this tree, this metaphor of a tree. And it shows it thriving and roots by the river and uh, not afraid of the heat, not afraid of the drought and uh, continues to be green and bearing fruit. And, and it's this metaphor, it's this imagery of, of what God is wanting our life to look like. It's actually, it's actually the logo for our church as well, that that's what God has in mind for us. He, he does not want us to just survive. He's wanting us to thrive. Thrive does not mean that your life would be perfect. And your, your circumstances don't have to be perfect in order for you to thrive either. Uh, you need to know nothing will be perfect this side of heaven. Everybody clear on that one, okay? And um, I don't care what any politician promises you or what any preacher promises you. It's not going to be perfect this side of heaven. You can, you can even bloom in the desert, okay? God, God will help you where you're at. But what we want to do is optimize things in our life. We, we want to maximize and align ourselves and cooperate with God so that what our life currently is, God can take us from where we are. He can take us to where he wants to be. And God, and, and, and please hear the heart of your pastor today. It's not just God that wants you to thrive. I want you to thrive. I want you to thrive. That's what everything we're doing here is about. So I don't care if you're, you know, two months old or you're 102 years old. Um, you know, I heard it recently. If you're not dead, you're not done. Okay. And, and, uh, we want everybody to thrive as much as, as we can. Can I get an amen on that? Well, if we thrive or not, there are reasons, there are reasons and there's some practical reasons and there are some spiritual reasons and it's, it's virtually predictable. Seriously, you can look at a life and none of us are a judge. It's not our job to go around looking at everybody's life, but you do know them by their fruit. You can tell things, you can learn things uh, from watching other people's lives. And just looking at your own life and situations, you'll see that there, it, it's almost predictable. If you do this, you're not going to thrive. If you don't do that, you're not going to thrive. And, and the inverse is true as well. There's certain things we do and don't do to cooperate with God, both practical and spiritual, that help us to either thrive or not thrive. And what I'm going to share with you today, our, our topic for today that I'm going to kind of unfold here in a moment, um, is both practical and spiritual. It's very practical and it's totally spiritual. It's both. And don't ever separate the two because understand that spiritual is always first. Underlying everything, spiritual is always first. 
And, and then what comes out of that in the practical and the natural, there's always a tie-in. There are spiritual truths that can be applied in practical, natural things in our life. And you put that together and you, you've got a winning combination. So again, going back to this idea of the tree and, and thriving. In Psalm 1 and also in Jeremiah 17, it talks about planting. A tree planted. And if you plant something, you want it to thrive. I'm guessing that's why you planted it, okay? And you, if you're a farmer, you're a gardener, you just plant something around your house, or, or let's take it past the metaphor, and it's a project, it's some endeavor that you're wanting to do. If you plant something, you start something, you want it to thrive. So you should be mindful and intentional when you do that. So let's go back to the tree analogy. If we're planting, you want to plant it in the right place. You want to plant it where it's going to get the, the right amount of sun, the right amount of shade, the right amount of moisture, the right amount of nutrients, and here's where we're going today. And also, it's going to need the right amount of space. It's going to need the right amount of space. Look with me in Mark chapter 4 here. In the parable of the soils, some call it the parable of the sower, but the variable is the soils. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. The Greek right there for choke means to crowd, to crowd out. And it yielded what? No crop. And so the seed was good. And it fell or was planted among thorns. It was a sower that sowed it. So it's planted, but it's sown among thorns. The thorns grew up and they crowded it out. So no space. Everybody say no space. And when you have no space, then you're going to have no crop. No space No crop. If there's not the right space in our life, we get crowded out, so to speak. You're not going to thrive. Um, I want to introduce you here to uh, Gutter. This is my plant. Oh, and by the way, I I know we got the election on Tuesday. This has nothing to do with Amendment 2, okay? (laughs) So get everybody clear here. All right. It's not that. Um, I rescued this plant the other day and named it gutter because I found it in my, my gutter. Off my front porch, you know, the, the rain goes off and there's the gutter and then the downspouts. And I noticed it, you know, growing. And uh, it had, I want you to know, a very limited future. But 10 yards away or so is gutter's mom. And Gutter's mom's like 35, 40 feet high, okay? And so however baby Gutter got in my gutter, uh, there he was. And you go, how do I know? He says, he, because I know plants, okay? All right. So I was up there with a leaf blower and, and cleaning all that out. And then I, I saw the roots once I kind of blew it. The roots were like this long, but they were going along this way. And the gutter is only like that deep. So trying as hard as he could, but there's just not enough space. And so eventually, you know, gutter was just kind of, you know, very limited future as far as would he really thrive? Would it become a tree that was in, in supposed to be? And I, I think it's supposed to be a tree and I, and I hope it's not poisonous. So, uh, <laughs> 
So for our purposes today, because if we've got no space, we've got no crop, you're not going to thrive. We've got to have space and that intentional planting of something. For our purposes today, and space could represent a number of things, but it's going to be this today, time. Time. Everybody say time. And we're going to look at our time. And you're going to go, I did not come to church today for some time management thing. Look at me. Yeah, you did. (laughs) And that's what we're going to do here for a little bit. But understand, remember that I told you, it's both practical, very practical, and totally spiritual. And we've got to put this together here so that we can do a better job of this. Because no space, no crop. If you're too crowded, then there's not going to be, you're not going to thrive. How you manage, or maybe a better word, how you steward your time is huge. Let me get this this thought to you here. If you don't use your time right, you cannot expect to thrive. If you don't use your time right, you cannot expect to thrive. And let me, let me kind of prove it to you. Do you remember, um, those of you that are out of school, you're adults and you're out of school. Do you remember where you're in school? You remember some of those projects or homework that you didn't do so well on? And I'll tell you, at least my experience, what the problem was, I did not put enough time into it. Um, my golf game. And some of y'all may not know this, but golf is my life. Actually, I golf once a year and I'm two, three years behind right now, you know, so I'll catch up at some point. But my golf game, I got some great golf shoes. They're cool looking. Um, I've got some awesome clubs. I've got plenty of friends that want to go golfing. I got a couple of cool shirts, hat, got the glove, got all the stuff. But do you know what the problem is with my golf game? Time. And I think the only thing keeping me from being incredible, well, one thing that is, is time. And I just don't put the time into it. You remember maybe junior high, you had the science fair project you had to do. And what was the difference between your project and the kid who came, you know, with a whole city with working sewage and water and lights and subway? And your little box of dirt and two cactus and a rubber snake, you know, life in the desert. That was my actual project. Okay. What's the difference in that? Parents for one. Okay. But the other is time. You know, I can remember all the, like the night before. Oh, that's tomorrow. You know, and you've had like six months to work. on. I just didn't, I didn't put the time into it. And there's so many things in our life. It's not thriving areas of our life. It's just not thriving. I'll tell you why they're not thriving because you're not putting time into it and you can't expect that it's going to thrive. If you don't put the right time in, into the right things, let me take it a little more serious level than your science fair project relationships. You know, so there's some relationships that are suffering and you say, well, it's because of this. And it's because of that. It's because of this. Those are symptoms. I tell you that probably at the core of it is I need to put the right kind of time in there. So let's look at this. And and this is not going to be an easy one, but let's let's dive into this and believe that God will help us today. Amen. In Ephesians chapter five or 16 in the English standard says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. The message paraphrase says these are desperate times and they are they are Um, most translations say redeeming the time. The ESV English Standard Version is probably the most scholarly. It renders it this way, making the best use of time. So that word out of the Greek, redeeming the time, actually means this, to buy up or get this, to rescue from loss. 
What are we supposed to do with time? Because we're in desperate days. We're to buy up the time. We're to rescue our time from loss. And that's part of us stewarding our time. Time is the period between two eternities. Before there was time, there was the timeless one. And he created this dimension that we're in called time. And did you know that one time, eventually time will come to an end? And then eternity goes on and the timeless one will be there. It's good to hook up with the, the timeless eternal one now during the time while we have the time to do that. Amen. And then one day time will be, will be over. So here we are in time. It's this, this period between the eternities and it's divided up into seasons and years and months and weeks and days and moments. And we're living in those. And, and listen, how you spend your time, and I'm, I'm intentional about that, your time, it's your time. How you spend your time shows how you spend your life. How you spend your time shows how you spend your life. And how you spend anything shows what you value. So what we have to do is be very purposeful about how we spend, how we manage, how we steward our time. And any area of our life, I would suggest to you one of the main reasons any area of your life that's not thriving, probably the reason it's not thriving is because you're not putting the time in. You know, I go back to when I gardened a number of years ago. By year one, I was all over it. Year two, year three, less time, less time, more weeds, more weeds. You know? And what, and what it had to do with is being able to or, being, or wanting to put the right time into something. Here's a couple ways that we misspend our time. Um, sometimes we waste it. Anybody here ever waste some time? We kind of live sometimes with this whatever attitude, whatever, you know, we'll we'll see later. You know, there's nothing definite about it. It's kind of flip the coin. We're going to do this. We're not going to do it. We just kind of flip the coin about, and I call that mindset, this, the no plan, no plan. So a lot of people have no plan. Uh, concerning time. And remember how you spend your time is how you spend your life. And then on the other end of this spectrum, where we have people that are over scheduled and over committed and over calendar. I mean, everything. And I call that this, I, I call that one, this too much plan, too much plan. Both of these are bad for you. Hello. Both of these are bad for you. You got no plan regarding time. Not good. You got too much plan. Not good. And so ultimately, if we're going to steward uh, our time, both of these leave your soul feeling kind of undone, either overcrowded or out of balance or out of order or something is not healthy to have no plan. It is not healthy to have too much plan. So stewarding our time, and that's a purposeful word, stewarding our time, get this, it's not, and you've got to get this. It's not about accomplishing more. It's not about getting more done. Here's what it's about. It's about finding and establishing God's priorities for my life. And the result of that is going to be who I become. As a culture, as a nation, as a people, we've gotten this twisted about what we are doing. And it's not about what you are doing. It's who you are becoming. And if we find our identity only in what we do. We're going to lose who we are. 
And so this is not about getting more done. I think you should be very proactive. I think you should be very productive. I'll say it again. If you're not dead, you're not done. I mean, everybody should be productive all through their life. But let's not crowd it out so much. And at the same time, I think you should lay back and know how to laugh and rest and relax. But you got to have a plan too. All of that needs to be very purposeful in how we budget and manage, manage our, our time. And so stewarding this is going to involve digging some things up, uprooting some things. It's going to involve planting some things, nurturing some things. It's, it's going to involve uh, making decisions, choosing between good and better and best. And very important, tying the practical to the spiritual. It's going to involve us looking for, listening for, and being led by the Holy Spirit of God to help us in our life. How many of you know that he knows better how to use our time than probably we do? And he can help us to know, God, what are your purposes? What are your priorities for my life? Let me ask you this question. How would you spend your time if God were in charge of it? How would you spend your time if God were in charge of it? Think about it this way. How would your life, your schedule, your time be used differently? How, how different would it look than it does right now if you let God actually be in charge of it? So what you and I have to do is discover. Don't miss this. We've got to discover and then establish in our life God's priorities for me. Now, there are going to be some of God's priorities that are going to be common for all of us. We're going to have the same, some of the same things. And there are some that are going to be specific and unique to just you. Because of your call, your giftings, your place in life, and what you have to do and I have to do. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. But you know what? You've got to discover and establish in your life, God, what are your priorities for my life? And that's going to help us to manage time in the right way. You still here? I want to caution you about some of the things that that come in and steal our time. Um, You need to know that the urgent usually masquerades as the important. Do you hear me? The urgent will masquerade as important. There are things that just rush into our life. There are other things that are impulse. You know, we just think of them and then we, we abandon something that we're doing to go do something else. Or here's, here's something that I call the hour eaters. Not the odor eaters, but the hour eaters. Okay. How many of you have a smartphone? Okay. Or pads or tablets and those kind of things. And you've got to be careful with these incredible tool. And I have some people say, you shouldn't allow people to have those iPads and iPhones in, in service because they're going to do other stuff on it. Okay, fine. But I, I remember years ago when I had just a notepad and I was always drawing stuff <laughs> and sending notes to your friend. So you can misuse anything. Okay. But in my little happy mind, I believe all of you are taking notes and looking up scriptures. Okay. All right. But you've got to be careful because you can suddenly lose hours checking the news, certain apps, uh, games, Facebook, Pinterest. We're keeping up on the Duggar wedding. I mean, just all. Uh, uh, sorry, um, I'm back now. Just all these things that we give so much time to. And be careful because I do most of my morning readings and devotions on an iPad. And, and so I've got it all there. And, and I've got it set up where I get certain notifications. So it's like certain news and sports and things. Suddenly, I'm, you know, I'm reading scripture and all of a sudden I find out, oh, no way. They lost that game. How did they lose that game? 
You know, and I'm reading the Holy Scripture of God. And all of a sudden, what? And so I got to read more about this game. So-and-so got hurt. No way. Read the related story. And so we're over there, you know. And this guy got arrested and suddenly this happened. And all of a sudden, I forgot all about devotions. You know, and I'm being honest. So it's like, ah. You know, so there are times, I've done this before to, to break out of that. Books only. You know, and you got to do, do what works for you. There's so many things. I'm just going to watch five minutes of this show. An hour and a half later, you know, when you should have been sleeping or working or whatever you should be doing, spending time with, with people, you know, it goes on and on. So we have all these, all these kind of things that come in and steal our, steal our time. Look at this in Proverbs 4, verse 25 and 26 in the message paraphrase. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Here's the line I want you to see. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Read that line with me. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Go ahead, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. We have all these sideshow distractions. Get this and, and get this concept in your mind. Time is currency. Time is currency. And think about it for a moment. Think of dollars. Okay, what if God gave you $24 every day? You, you do like my kids did when they were little. You give them some money and they keep their hand out. You know? But what, what if it worked out that way? But here's what God does. God gives you every day 24 hours. And we have the audacity to sometimes say, I just need more time. Listen, sugar, you're getting all you're going to get. Okay? And no one gets any more. No one gets any less than anybody. And unlike money, you can't save time. You have to spend it. Do you hear me? You can't save time. You can't come home with this special Tupperware kind of thing. Honey, I save 15 minutes on this. If I do that every day over the next few months, we'll add on a couple of days for vacation. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Every day you have to spend it. All of us do. Nobody gets more than anybody else. No one gets less than anybody else. You and I have your time. You have your time. I have my time. And we've got to decide how we spend our time, our life. And we're not going to thrive if we don't have the proper spacing concerning our time. And then if we, again, with the currency idea, you spend it, you waste it, you spend it on this, you spend it on that. And listen, you only have so much. And, and once you've spent so far, you might, there might be some good and godly things in your life that you can't fund. I, Wow, I wish I could. I just don't, I don't have it. I'm out of time. And we live that way sometimes. I was a, I was a youth pastor when I first got in the ministry and um, first church I youth pastored at. And incidentally, it was last century. Um, I, I had a youth choir and a youth ensemble and youth group. And we went on a tour um, to some churches. So we went on like an eight, nine day tour in about three or four different southern states. And we chartered a bus and had the kids. They're all excited. And we go on, we go on this trip. And I, it was day one or day two, this, this boy named Pat. And he's kind of a funny guy, new to the group, still making his, his, his way in with everybody. And on, we stopped at some kind of uh, tourist trap, trading post kind of thing. And he comes back on the bus and he's got Indian moccasins, this Indian war vest, a rubber tomahawk and knife, 
a little drum, a full Indian headdress, and a rubber spear. And it gets on the bus. Why? To be funny. So he bought all this stuff. He's funny. Everybody laughed. And he goes and sits down. And uh, come the next meal, he comes to me. Pastor Tim, I got a problem. I said, yeah, what? How? And, and, and he's, he said, I spent all my money. So it was no longer funny to me. Because guess who bought him meals for eight more days, okay? Okay, and we can't do that, though, with time. If you run out of time, I can't go, well, hold on, let me, let me give you some. You know, we, we don't, time doesn't work that way. So what we have to do is we have to steward our time in, in better ways than this or because we can only spend what we have and then we're going to come to a place where I just don't have it. And there are areas of our life, good and godly areas of our life that are not going to thrive. Matter of fact, they're going to suffer. I want you to think of the word schedule as a verb, not as a noun. So often we think of schedule as a, a noun, a thing. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a calendar. It's this pad. It's this paper. It's, it's an app in my phone it's, it, or you know, in my computer, we think of it that way. I want to think of it as, as a verb, an action word, something we do, intentional and proactive. It means this, actually, to plan, to assign, to budget, to place. So we need to be active, proactive, intentional about scheduling. You ready for this? Our time. Not that we have too much plan. Certainly that we don't have no plan. But that we schedule this. And let me just tell you real quick the best way to schedule your time. You ready for this? Do you remember on week two of this series, we're in week five right now, I talked about things that fill your bucket. Do you remember your bucket? Your bucket, so to speak, is what holds your life, your energy, your joy. How many of you know what kind of fills your bucket? Uh, okay, let me ask you this. How many of you know what kind of drains your bucket? Okay. Yeah, I got more response on that. Okay. You know what kind of empties your joy, your life, your, your energy, and you know what fills. And, and get this, the more full your bucket of life and energy and joy, the more you're going to thrive. And there's certain bucket fillers that we looked at uh, a couple of weeks ago that I want to look at without hardly any comment here. But these are things you need to apportion some good time to. First of all would be this, family and roles. Friendship, relationship, the roles that you're in, you know, as grandpa, neighbor, friend, whatever, husband, wife, you need to put the right amount of time. Listen, any area that's not thriving, you go, well, we're not thriving in our relationship because of this and this. And they said that those are symptoms. Those are symptoms. Probably at the core of it more is, is the right amount of time. You've got to put some time in there. Next thing would be this, satisfying work and serving. And let's talk about work just for a moment. That's rigid. Sometimes that's non-negotiable. I have to be there from here to there. Ask God to help you be creative. Ask God to grace you in that. And certainly always make room in your life. And I'll talk more about it next week. Always make room for your life to, to serve. And, and in serving, that's where the joy is. Next would be this recreations and hobby. You, you've got to have that in your life. Here's what a lot of people, I don't have any time for that. That tomfoolery, that foolishness, I have no time for that. And, and it's because we're doing all this serious stuff, but all work and no play makes you, well, I had some other things in mind, but that, that's true. That's true too. But see, you've, you've got to have room for some, some of these things in our life. And then the next one is this, Exercise and rest. I don't have any time for rest. I don't have any time to exercise. You're going to wish later that you had done both. And it's very important that we schedule, that we 
put those times. And then the number one bucket filler is this, connecting with God, connecting with God. That's the number one thing. You miss that and, and you're never going to be full like you need to. You're never going to thrive at all. Stop expecting to thrive when you're just giving these areas leftovers. There's no way these important areas of your life are going to thrive. Consequently, you won't thrive. If you're just giving them leftovers, you say, sorry, I don't have any today. Um, Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. Then we've got that whatever flip the coin kind of mentality and it doesn't work that way. Do you know some people didn't make it to church today because they honestly didn't schedule it? Now hear me out on this. They have a mindset of whatever, we'll see how we feel Sunday. So it's kind of flip the coin kind of thing. Up, oh, heads, Jesus, you win. Tails, I win. No, tails, you lose. You know, and did you know that Jesus actually scheduled himself to go to church? Look at this in Luke chapter four. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, settled, and he stood up to read. You just need to schedule these things in your life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It doesn't crowd your life out. It's apportioning it. It's, it's, it's um, separating it all in the right way so that you and I can thrive. Amen. Now, stewardship again. Get out of this U.S. mindset that it's how much I can accomplish. It's not about doing more. It's not about accomplishing more. It's about you and I establishing God's priorities in our life. And, and assigning time to that. And ultimately it's about who, get this, not what all you can do, but who you and I are becoming. Look at this in Psalm 90, and I'm going to finish this up this morning. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days. This word number in the Hebrew here actually has the same definition as schedule. So teach us to assign, to budget, to place our days, our time, so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We're going to have to learn to number, to schedule ourselves, give the right time to the right things so that we can thrive. I'm going to say it again, that if you don't use your time right, you cannot expect to thrive. This is a very practical thing, but this is a totally spiritual thing. And we're going to need help. I'm just guessing. We're going to need help. How many of you know we were going to, we're going to need some help with this? And... I want you to thrive. God wants you to thrive. And if there's one thing, remember I told you it's practically, it's virtually predictable. You can tell if somebody's going to thrive or not. It has to do with the time, putting the right time in the right things that are going to help us to be able to thrive. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?